0: Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uytaki, and I'm so excited that you've tuned in. Our mission is focused on connecting, developing, and inspiring young business leaders to find and pursue their purpose. This podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. Promoting your business through marketing is essential for growth. Without marketing, you lack the ability to create a conversation with your potential customers. At Trost Marketing, we provide marketing solutions that fuel growth, We are your source for all of your printing needs, as well as branded apparel and promotional items. If your business wants to stand out to potential customers, contact the marketing experts at Trost Marketing. Visit us at trostmarketing.com or call us at 866-492-7820. Young Businessmen, welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitaki, and I want to welcome you to podcast. Uh, this is i think 75 now i actually had the wrong number on here podcast 75 uh today is actually a really exciting day for me because i literally just left our young bin, uh, young businessmen of tulsa meeting our luncheon that we have every single month and we had a great speaker so i'll be editing that podcast for you guys to share with you guys here very soon so uh, you may hear it before this or after but if you did hear it you guys know why i'm excited because bob hurley absolutely brought the message. It was amazing. Uh, It was very, very challenging, very in-your-face message. Uh, I would say it is by far a must-listen if you enjoy these podcasts and you enjoy some of the content that we're putting out here uh, today. So I get to double up today because not only do I have the luncheon today, but I actually have the opportunity to, to record today's podcast with Judith Martinez. And uh, I'm really excited to bring Judith to you, or Jude, as she goes by, uh, because she actually is good friends with, uh, and actually more than just friends with, Nick Durr. He was podcast number 68, uh, and we talked a little bit about meditation with him. And as we were kind of talking and just kind of exploring the different topics and whatever else, he, he sent me some information, and I was just like, man, I need to talk to this Judith uh, girl as well. She, like, the stories that she has and what she's doing out there is absolutely amazing. And uh, he was like, well, I can set that up for you. That's my girlfriend. Um, So I was like, wow, that is absolutely fantastic. So I'm excited to bring Jude to you. Uh, Read a little bio so you guys can get a better understanding of who she is. She is the founder and CEO of In Her Shoes, a and chief of strategy at Orenda Collective. In Her Shoes is a millennial-led, social impact-driven global organization committed to uh, catalyzing courage for young girls and women around the world. The mission is simple. Activate the genius of a generation to make a difference in their communities now. That is, in terms of an intro, there's a lot of exciting words in there. So, Judith, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Tell the audience hello and uh, tell them a little bit about yourself.
1: Thanks for having me, Evan. And hello, businessmen and businesswomen out there Thanks, tuning in live. Um, I'm so honored to be here. Um, born and raised in L.A., went to school in the Bay Area. And, you know, a little bit about my journey, which I know we'll go into more depth about. Uh, it really came from a huge moment in my life where I finally got That moment, that thing that I always wanted, only to realize it had nothing to do with what I wanted after all. So, I'll be sharing a little bit more about my startup journey and what that's been like.
0: Absolutely. I think it was, I went to Nick's website, the Oxford and Brogues, and I think some of your stuff was on there. And just, uh, one of the things that really stood out as I kind of uh, dug a little bit into In Her Shoes, and I want you to talk about that a little bit, uh, where where did the idea come from uh, for that? Because it feels like you're taking on a really big topic, a really big task at hand, which I guess uh, would imply that you need to be courageous for something like that. But tell everybody a little bit about what In Her Shoes is and why it's so passionate for you.
1: Yeah, great question. So, you know, In Her Shoes really started... I would like to think, you know, officially we became a social enterprise, a 501c3 in January of 2015. So we actually celebrated our third birthday just last month, which is exciting for us. Thank you. But I'd like to think like a lot of similarly for a lot of entrepreneurs or maybe folks who've had ideas almost You know, the inception started way before that. And for me in particular, it happened 10 weeks before graduating from university in the heart Mm -hmm. of Silicon Valley. And I was on the fast track to going to my dream law school, um, which was Georgetown in Washington, D.C. And for me, a first generation student, first generation Filipino American, a female, um, I'm sure this isn't, you know, just my story, but success looked a certain way. Mm -hmm. It sounded a certain way, it felt a certain way, and success for me was following that yellow brick road towards law school. And long story short, I finally got the coveted big envelope, that one that I always heard about growing up, and the moment was here. I finally did it. And yet my heart sunk, and for me that acceptance was actually a bit of a death knoll. For lack of a better word. It was, <laughs> it was, it really was. I mean, just to be straight and authentic about it. And that for me was kind of the first jolt and moment of my life where it actually forced me to kind of stop and ask questions that I really didn't have the guts to ask myself during my journey. Right. Which was, you know, what do I really want to do? What would what would my life look like if I actually did something I was passionate about? And you know, it was also that moment where I began to kind of Get these inklings of, I'd really love to be an entrepreneur, but I didn't think I had what it took to be it. Um, And so Inner Shoes with all of that as an experience and as a backstory really came to be through posing the question, well, what would you do if you were 1% more courageous? And, you know, living in that 1% what what could that look like for me as Jude? Mm-hmm. And for me, that looked like declining my law school acceptance. And I took whatever tuition money I could afford to get reimbursed. And I <laughs> I threw it and in, invested it into creating a 501c3, which is now in your shoes.
0: Wow. So there's a lot to unpack there. And I'm so glad that you shared that story because this what you're talking about is really what my audience is dealing with. They're mm-hmm. in that kind of moment where they're finding themselves in a leadership role they're, they're realizing that life and success are a little bit more than what they thought it was and kudos to you for asking yourself those hard questions because i think a lot of times people are just so programmed that i have to do i have to graduate from high school and then i have to go to college and i got to pick a major but it's kind of like i open up a menu and that sounds like fun let me do that or i'm hey i'm good at numbers so i should be an accountant and then um then they graduate right and then they start working for 3 years and they're absolutely miserable and they haven't asked themselves the question yet of is this something that i'm passionate about is this what i was i feel i was created to be like all these different things that you you deal with but you're so far down the line that you feel like it's too late and for you you might have even felt a little bit like it was too late because you've got that acceptance you've got that that thing that you've been chasing and for you that success of getting into Georgetown was empty. And I think that's so powerful for the audience to hear, not necessarily that getting accepted to Georgetown is, you're not gonna feel good about it, but more along the lines of really defining what you believe you were uh, designed to do and and tapping into that, that passion and that purpose that you have inside of you. Because I'm gonna ask you the follow-up question now. Now that you're three years into in her shoes and starting a 501c3, do you feel like you're plugged into your passion and your purpose?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think to your point, Evan, which I think is brilliant, and I think it's you know, it's important for everyone to really hear what you said around it's it's not that getting the acceptance or that thing that you've always wanted is lacking fulfillment like by no means is that a blanket statement but what i will say is you know sometimes success could look really shiny and shimmery and gold at the end of the day are you willing to put in the work Mm -hmm. to actually have that be fulfilled on right like and for me i just wasn't willing to live that lifestyle that i thought i wanted or better yet the lifestyle that people thought was the best for me frankly Mm -hmm. and um but i what i was willing to do was explore and deviate from what I thought was a linear path and create really, for me, a movement that was never designed for just a single generation, but it really is to take a hard look at shifting a paradigm for what success looks like.
0: I love how you talked about what other people thought you should do. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's a trap that a lot of people get hung up in is other people projecting onto you what they think you should do, but they don't know you as well as you know you. And I think that that's where they're asking those tough questions. Now, I will say, Getting a mentor or, or aligning yourself with the right kinds of people is going to help you and you should definitely take their input. But you ultimately need, need to make that decision for yourself to say, hey, this is something that I'm passionate about. I do feel like this is something that brings me life instead of drains me. Those are some of the questions that you need to be asking yourself. And when you do so, that's when you're going to feel like you've made the right decision or you're going in the right. It, it, would it be fair to say that when you decided not to go to Georgetown, that you felt a sense of relief? Because you did say it was, it felt like a death notice, right? But now, for you, once you said, "Okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go do this," was it fear that you felt? Was it uh, anxiety that you felt? Was it like a burden lifted off your shoulders? What was what was the emotions that you were going through at that point?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think everything and in between, right? I know, <laughs> like, specifically for me, I mean, there, it like in a matter of seconds, it went from you know, shock that I actually was able to get in (laughs) like, Oh my gosh, I actually did it to, you know, feeling dread, right? Like crap, I actually did it. Like now what? Right. It's almost like you're, you're backed into this corner, right. Of like, well, you said, this is what you wanted. And well, here it is. Like, what are you waiting for? And then I think for me, it was also a bit of a release and a sigh of relief when the next thought that came into my mind was I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Like it's just I, just I I can't go through with it. And so definitely one of the most terrifying and liberating and I'd even say humbling moments yeah. of my life. You know, I just I think, you know, just for my life in the context of the life I was living at that time, like here I was girl growing up in Long Beach, California, where I claim to fame is it's the city that Snoop Dogg came from. And, (laughs) you know, first generation student, English was my second language. Like both of my parents emigrated from the Philippines. Their first pair of shoes were banana leaves, Mm. right? Like in their mid twenties. And so, gosh, darn it. Like you're definitely going to be successful. Like we're here, we're doing this for you. And I think, you know, that added pressure, but on top of, you know, I think being able to, really look at, well, you know, what does it look like for me? And then also having it be a humbling, rewarding, terrifying, freeing experience to be able to kind of look at it from every vantage point um, was really big for me.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm excited for you. It sounds like things are, are going uh, going well with it. Um, but the, the whole premise of the entire thing is encouraging people to be more courageous and you're specifically targeting millennials, which I think we're kind of of the same mind because, I'm, so I'm technically a millennial as, as according to Google, so therefore it's fact.
1: <laughs> That's great. But
0: yeah, so I'm technically a millennial, but then what I figured out was I'm like one of the oldest millennials there is. And so I said, all right, if I'm going to be in this category or allegedly in this category, then I don't want to necessarily let the category define who I am. I I would much rather be the person that's in the category helping to define the category. And I think that you're trying to do the same thing. You're trying to look at this generation that, uh, that has all of these adjectives associated with it. And you're almost standing up and saying, you know what? We're not that. Yes. There are probably some things that you could attribute to the ways that we act or whatever else, but just because you say that we're, This just because you say that you think we should do these things, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the path that we're going to take. And so I think between what I'm trying to do and what you're trying to do, we're essentially saying the same thing: is we're going to be the ones that define the culture. We're going to be the ones that define the movement, not you, right?
1: Absolutely, Um, I couldn't agree more. And I think what I love about it too, with what you're creating, Evan, and the community you're creating, and I, granted, I'm biased, but what I love about Inner Shoes is, you know. fear and courage through our mission and philosophy is really two sides of the same coin and mm-hmm. i think as much as even we could target you know whether it's the millennial generation or you know this upcoming wave of digital natives right who are grow like coming out of the womb with an ipad <laughs> mm-hmm. like it's i think the universality of fear and courage and designing a life versus living a life of default is a universal thing. Um, and you know, whether it's something that having conversations that I've had with mentors or those of an older generation, they can't tell me that they've never been afraid of something. Yeah. Like that's just not something that I wouldn't not be able to connect with them on. So yeah, totally agree with you.
0: I think the interesting thing about fear, and I actually had I was a podcast a couple of podcasts ago, we specifically talked about fear. As being one of those things that a lot of people don't talk about people don't want to talk about what they're afraid of they much rather talk about the things that make them look good but if you talk about the things that you're afraid of or some of the uh, the the things that you're dealing with because of fear I think it projects like a a, a, like a weakness right so for example I'm a uh, I'm the kind of person that I never want to show weakness and so I'm always going to tell, even when things are horrible, I'm going to tell you things are great. Or even when uh, something's happening, I'm going to act not necessarily because uh, I feel like I should act or because I want to act. I'm going to act because I don't want you to uh, think differently. It, it's kind of weird. But um, when it comes to fear, it's almost like people don't want to talk about it because it's, it's something that... I don't know if like immaturity is the right word or whatever. Like we don't know any better. So therefore we're afraid of it. It's like fear is a lack of knowledge and something. And so therefore we're always uh, not wanting to talk about it because we come off as ignorant. And I think that it's important to talk about fear because fear can cripple you. Fear can be the thing that uh, absolutely causes you to take inaction. And if you don't completely understand it or you don't know how to fight it, then it's something that may holds you back from what you want to do just because you don't understand it. And I think that talking about fear and courage on the same coin is important because courage is the antidote to fear, right? It's the the thing that actually causes the, the fear to go away. It's not necessarily the absence of fear, but the willingness to act in spite of fear. And I think it's better for people to understand both sides of it because if you do, you have that opportunity to put yourself out there so you don't have that fear of regret, right? There's, there's fear of action first. Uh, what happens if I do this or whatever else? But I think the more powerful fear is that fear of regret because you didn't take the action because you were afraid. Sorry, I'm, I'm rambling here, but no, I, we're, we're on a topic that I love.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. I love it. I love the passion behind it. And yeah, you know, I think there's, you know, what's funny about it is sometimes or majority of the time, right? Um, we won't talk about fear because You know, it it can be this thing that could lead to, you know, a sign of weakness or debilitating or it could ostracize you for some reason. But ironically enough, at least in my opinion, fear is also one of the most powerful things that can actually create community. Right. Like if we think about, you know, revolutions or anarchies that have gone on in the past, just historically, a lot of it came from a fear of their freedoms being taken away. Right. Or the fight or flight kicking in, like just on a human biological level. But I think there's also some, there's, there's a little bit of golden nugget or opportunity in having fear be this caveat of human connection, Mm -hmm. right? Like what if like fear being this entryway for authenticity and like, wow, like you mean to tell me that you have no idea what you're doing either as an entrepreneur, (laughs) you mean to tell me that you have startup struggles and you mean to tell me and XYZ. And, you know, I think I would even dare to say that there's a bit of a movement happening where there's also efforts being made of almost overtly sharing, right? Where you've got people constantly recording every second of their life on Instagram stories or Snapchat, where they're documenting the tough and the trials and the tribulations of their journey, and where authenticity is almost becoming this new thing right? Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, being authentic. And what does that look like? And so I definitely think it's, it's interesting. And I think there's, there's definitely value in almost surrendering to the fear um, to allow for that courage to actually take place.
0: I feel like you're talking about vulnerable, being vulnerable. Is, are we, are we in the same kind of line of thought here?
1: Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And I think they're all, you know, kindred spirits, Maybe not exactly the same, right? But cousins and kind of in the same realm, for sure.
0: (laughs) Well, I have a whole other rabbit trail. (laughs) But I'm not going to because I do want to talk talk about kind of your premise, right? So uh, your premise is to uh, change people's viewpoints, redefine things, and then ultimately challenge them to have more courage. So can you kind of talk about the process behind that and and some of the things that you're able to do to really encourage people uh, to face their fears and be more courageous?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of just, you know, on a programming level, you know, our flagship program at Inner Shoes is something that we call the Catalyze Courage Summit. And it's a yearly summit that that happens every single year. And we're actually going international with our summit next year in March of 2019, where the whole opportunity and the goal of the summit is to come discern for yourself, what would you do if you were 1% more courageous, be exposed to women, both at the level of professional to starting out coming out of the gate as a recent graduate and really deciphering for yourself, you know, what is that for you? And then equipping you with the resources and the tangible practical knowledge and tool set to go do something about it. Go do something about it, whether it's experimenting um, with a certain process or jumpstarting a side hustle. And a lot of the times, you know, one demographic that we work with are these young, under-resourced high school girls that are dreaming big things with limited resources. And mm-hmm. so for them, they're one percent more courageous, looks like telling their parents, they actually do want to go to college. or, no, I don't want to go to community school. I want to apply for an out-of- state school or, I am going to apply for this scholarship. Um, so I think, you know, one huge channel of having people catalyze courage through our programs is taking the time to actually discern first off, what is it that you actually wanted to do? That one thing that you keep saying one day, someday, mm-hmm. let's let's get to work at that. And how could we equip you with the resources in the community to go
0: do it? That's awesome. I'm I'm excited for that type of thing, because I think a lot of times people get hung up in the, um, they feel like they're the there, they feel like the only one going through it, or they feel like if I say something, this is going to happen. And it's not necessarily what's actually going to happen, but they feel like it's going to be way bigger, like it's going to complete, like if they tell their parents, I I really feel like I want to go to college, and maybe their parents are financially strapped. They're like, it's going to break my parents and I'm afraid to do that. But I would venture to say if, especially nowadays, if any kid was like, yeah, I really want to go to college and I, I, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I want to try to go as a, as a parent myself, I would do everything I possibly can take on another job or whatever it is, because I know that if I could help prepare my child to get to that, to that next level and they have the desire to do so, I'm going to do whatever it takes. And I know it's tough when you, when you see the situations that, that people are in sometimes and you're like, man, I don't, I don't want to put that on them. But I think it's at the same time, they want it. They, they want the best for you. And they want to help you and, and, and putting that out there. Maybe they wouldn't, uh, maybe they didn't know that you're interested. So they haven't talked about it because you, you, you've been too afraid to talk about it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's so great, Evan, you know, because what I'm hearing from what you're sharing is, Just the value of, you know, when you take on being courageous, there's almost this aspect of sharing what that is, right? Like Mm -hmm. being courageous, sharing what you're afraid of and, you know, being part of something bigger that allows you to take action on it. And so 99.9% of the time, things will happen throughout our programmings or our conferences in split seconds just because of someone having the courage to verbalize what they Mm -hmm. actually want. Um, and it no longer becomes this figment of their imagination of someday.
0: Yeah. Um, it's Great. So I have a question for you and I don't want to get too personal. Okay. <laughs> so, so cut me off if I get too I love it. Too, too Bring personal. it on. <laughs> but, so, but I want to challenge your, your, your thought process a little bit on this because I'm pretty sure when you had the idea to do this, you said to yourself, but I'm not qualified for this or, but I'm in the position of the person that I'm trying to encourage. I don't have the expertise to tell them, right? And so you have all of these thoughts that are coming in. And I, I believe it's called the imposter syndrome, where you, you look around and you say, well, of course, Jude could do it, right? She had all the resources. She had, she's in Long Beach. I mean, Snoop Dogg is from Long Beach. <laughs> Clearly, anybody from there can overcome the odds, right? But me in Oklahoma. You know, I'm in I'm in this, you know, I'm still basically living in like Pony Express and TPville. There's no way that I could put together a 501c3 nonprofit to to overcome courage. So so talk a little bit about your journey when you decided to do this and some of the the mindsets that you had to overcome. And I'm sure that it actually became part of the curriculum, but that's a that's a big jump to not just say I'm gonna have the courage to do something, but I'm gonna actually, with little experience of myself. Uh, leverage that to help other people. Yeah.
1: Oh my gosh. So great. Um, you know, when you say that, two things really come to mind. And I just want it to be publicly known. I'm afraid a hundred percent of the time. <laughs> like <laughs> the life that I live and the world that I live in in my shoes as Jude mm-hmm. just occurs for me as scary. Right. Like aside from the physical aspect, I'm 411, right? A gaping four eleven in the world. <laughs> so In terms of just like physicality, like everyone is like a giant to me, but you know, in terms of just like mentality and I think even like the emotion endurance, right? And like what Mm -hmm. that looked like, two things were really the heart of not even just the process, but the driving factors of, for me, what ultimately led for Inner Shoes. One was time um i really got present to okay i am 10 weeks away from graduating i yes i feel like i'm behind but it can't be as behind as people that i've heard of who are partner at these law firms mm-hmm. in the heart of silicon valley or dc who are at the peak of their career age 40 something plus and felt like they wish they didn't they wish they had done something that they always wanted to do so i really got clear for myself okay I have time on my side, and I'm just going to choose to believe that that's something as a resource for me, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So that was one thing. And the second thing was I got very good at leveraging and discerning for myself what I didn't know. So what Mm -hmm. I mean by that is being this 20-something-year-old in whatever situation that I was in, whether I had resources or not, whether I knew people or I didn't, I knew that I was I for me being an imposter and suffering from imposter syndrome was totally mm-hmm. real for me. Um, mm-hmm. I don't care if I got accepted to this great grandiose school that didn't mean anything to me. It was like, well, what does that have anything to do with entrepreneurship? Mm-hmm. But that in of itself became a awesome topic to talk to people about, like reaching out to people and saying, hey, you're in this field that is super interesting to me. I actually have no experience in this. I'd love to connect with you and hear more about your story. And mm-hmm. I really got I got for myself that there's so much more value in being interested than being interesting.
0: You're stealing so, one of my quotes. <laughs> so much more quote.
1: value in mm-hmm. that. And being able to leverage that I didn't know and being able to be vulnerable really and say, "Hey, you know, I'm always interested in social entrepreneurship. What could you share with me?" Or, you know, I noticed that you're being super successful. I saw this article that you posted about or retweeted about or liked on LinkedIn or Facebook. Could you do you want to share with me more about that? And that for me created this momentum of me getting comfortable in my own skin, right? Mm -hmm. That I actually had something to put to the table to share about whether it was this crazy one off idea that would become inner shoes or even looking like contributing to someone else's story. I mean, I think part of it, too, was knowing what do I have to contribute and value add? What was my value proposition as Jude? Mm-hmm. It could be the perspective of a millennial female, right, from a first generation cohort to, oh, well, I just graduated and majored in pre-law. What could I help you with? Yeah, um, right. So I'd say it was building that level of resilience and, and using curiosity because um, it's free. Curiosity yeah. is free. <laughs> <laughs>
0: One of the things that I love uh, about what you're talking about, and you're not saying it necessarily, but it's a part of every bit of it, is that when you're interested over being interesting and you're leveraging what you don't know, you're also approaching it from a point of humility of, I literally don't know. I don't have all the answers. I'm I'm not the source of all of this, but I recognize you as being a person that does have that and being willing to listen. And anytime you have a conversation that starts that way, and I, I'm going to speak from my own experience. I've never had anybody say, no, I'm not going to help you. Because whenever you do that, you're basically complimenting them just by being the person that's interested in what they have to offer and what they've been trying to do and what they've been putting out there. And if it's the right person, they'll almost give it all the way to you for free.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Totally. Yeah. And you know, even what you just shared, Evan, reminds me of you know a mentor of mine, I remember um, I was interning in Washington, DC at one point. And what they told to me, what they told me was you never want to be the smartest person in the room.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And as much as that goes hand in hand with imposter syndrome, right? Where it's like, well, every room I walk into, I feel like I don't belong <laughs> in there. I, you know, I learned to kind of just take that as an indicator of like, wow, if I'm feeling like an imposter, I might, I must be doing something right. Cause I'm in a room filled with people where I feel like I am not qualified to be in. And yet here yeah. I am, I'm at the table. Um, so I think, you know, to your point, it's awesome to be able to, to discern that and come to a level of almost start with beginner's mind, right? Like yeah. that. I don't, I don't know.
0: I have a question for you because I'm, I'm sure that you, this being courageous thing, I know you said you live in fear every single day, but that means that you also choose to be uh, courageous every single day. Right. So you have, you're almost practicing this on a daily basis. Um, so my question is, when you're doing that and you find yourself in that room where you don't feel like you're the smartest person, or you find yourself uncomfortable in these situations or you're pushing yourself to be courageous in a situation, have you ever turned around and kind of did a little bit of self-reflection and say, that was it? That That's the thing that I was so worried about and and so fearful of, and you realize that it wasn't that bad um, and that you made it out 10 times worse than what it actually was?
1: Oh my gosh, totally. If not like all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And you know, if to be on the court about it or to share like a recent real life experience, um, Inner Shoes over these next few months, we're rolling out some really exciting partnerships. And one in particular is with Airbnb. Mm -hmm. And Airbnb is a huge organization, at least in my purview, that is doing awesome things on the planet and providing um, really experiences, but also home sweet home for people to be able while simultaneously traveling the world. And so why I bring that up is, you know, in the midst of these conversations and finalizing these partnerships, I couldn't help but think, well, what the heck do we Like what business do we have being in the same room with you? Or we're just this 501 C three nonprofit that's working with like, who are we? Right. And I just, you know, for us, I think as a team, we also just got clear for us, like the more that we practice and the more we pushed ourselves to have these conversations, the more and more we realized behind every company is a person. It really Mm -hmm. is at the end of the day, they're an individual. They have families, they have fears, they also have goals. They also, you know, want to create the next level of performance for them. And I think every time that I walked out of a scary situation with a, oh, that's all (laughs) you mean to say, that's all that it was that all the fuss really were in those moments where I realized like, wow, like the more I look at the bigger picture of like, I'm just this other human being that's trying to make the world a better place. And so are you. It gets a little less scary every single time.
0: Well, congratulations on the Airbnb partnership. Thank you. Fantastic. As an Airbnb host, um, I I enjoy the platform, but uh, (laughs) I could also see where like maybe Airbnb needs something like that because if you're going to rent out your house, right, that takes a little bit of courage to um, to put yourself in that that spot where. Like I, I don't do the individual room thing, but that, that's definitely something where like you have to get a little bit of trust and whatever else. But now like on the other side of it, I absolutely love Airbnb because it allows me to bring in additional income that I, I mean, I was paying for something anyway, and now I have the opportunity to, to actually make money on it. And for me, it was totally one of those, oh, that was it. Like they actually take care of the house, they clean it and they, they, they do a good job. Of uh, communicating. I mean, I was concerned about this. I I could see where where that fits in perfectly. So I'm very, very excited for you for
1: that. Yeah, thank you. And, you know, if I may just add on a little bit to that, the partnership that we're creating with Airbnb is actually to build out what they're calling Airbnb social impact experiences. Mm. Airbnb is actually beginning to really curate and create, you know, sure, you can like book a house or a room whenever you go and travel, or it could be in your own backyard, right? but how Mm -hmm. can you also have these experiences, these things that connect you with the community that you're staying in? And so Inner Shoes is actually creating social impact experiences that catalyze courage for people. Um, and have them be exposed to our mission. So that's something that I'm excited to share about. And I'm so <laughs> glad that you're also a host. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> that is, man, that is really exciting. We'll have to talk about that more more offline.
1: Whole other time, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's a whole other whole nother topic. I, I do want to talk a little bit about building courage, right? So um, we talked a little bit about uh, the role that fear has in courage. And we talked about just uh, having the courage with uh, combining yourselves with uh different people to encourage you or whatever else but what would you say are some of the key things that build courage so that as you're getting into those situations where right now you're talking about being one percent more courageous i would venture to say that it doesn't stop at one percent right i think it gets to the point where you continually challenge yourself and push yourself outside that comfort zone so that you can be more proactive and embrace more opportunities but what are some of the things that you would say are courage builders
1: yeah Oh gosh, that's so great. Courage builders. Um, You know, I'd say one thing for sure is your environment, 100%, right? Whether it's building up courage to following that diet to paying off those student loans, I 100% believe that your environment is a direct reflection, if not a huge indicator of your success in your life. Um, and me personally, you know, one hack that I like to take on is every year or every quarter or what have you, I... Choose like, okay, who are people in my life that I'm going to create some level of accountability or some, some form of communication with them where I get to openly and candidly share both what I'm afraid of, but two, what am I really committed to in my life? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm, I'm committed to, you know, making a million dollars by the age, of, by the age of 30 or 35 or what have you. Okay, great. Who are people that are running in those circles or who have done it or have a expertise in, in that field or goal that I have. And I think part of what's so crucial for environment is at least for me, I can only speak for myself. I'm not always the nicest person to myself. Mm -hmm. I'm not always, you know, when left to my own devices, I will be the first person to think, oh, well, I could do it tomorrow or maybe I could be courageous tomorrow or maybe it can hold off for that. And I think having an environment that almost sees me as more courageous than I see myself Mm -hmm. has been a huge indicator and I think aspect of us being successful as an organization, but also as me as an individual in creating that mental resilience in those, you know, in those moments of emotional, um, endurance through those trying times. So I'd say that, I think that's a courage builder. And secondly, I would also say backing your, almost boxing yourself in so that you actually have to do it. So one thing that, you know, an example of how I do that is I make a point to set myself up almost for, I don't want to say for success or failure but putting myself into situations where i know it would be harder to back out of than it would be to just go do it Mm -hmm. (laughs) right (laughs) um so you know there are different people in my life or if it's you know something that pertains to a long-winded application or a process or oh i'm gonna apply to go speak at forbes 30 under 30 and i know that there are 30 million hoops you'd have to go through I know that while putting myself in that environment or just starting that process, it would be so much easier to just go for it than to back out and suddenly change my mind and impact all of these people I've given my word to. Um, so I'd say those two things have been courage builders for me and for our team.
0: So you, are you talking about burning the boats, right? Basically you, you go to burning battle ships, and burn those ship. ships,
1: <laughs> burning those ships and you know, no back door. And you know, it sounds like, It can sound so simple, right? Like, Oh, you need to tell me, I just need to put in a calendar invite or a reminder. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think, you know, that's where the whole discipline comes in. And I think courage is like going, you know, building up that 1% more courage is not any different than going to the gym once a week. It's it's building a muscle. It's training yourself to continuously build up to something and, you know, being 1% more courageous for me today could look like hopping on this podcast for you. And tomorrow it could look like calling my brother and telling him that I love him because I haven't talked to him in a few weeks. Right. Mm. So yeah, I definitely say burn the ships and no back yourself into a corner. (laughs) for (laughs) sure. There's no other option.
0: (laughs) Uh, I want to follow up with that a little bit. Um, So we talked about your environment and having that accountability, um, backing yourself into a corner but uh, we haven't talked a little bit about goals and and try the, the thing that you're actually trying to achieve. So what, what role does the goal itself play in terms of building courage and whatever else? Because I got to think that there's some goals that just aren't worth it. Uh, maybe they're just not good goals. So would you say that having the right kind of goals or having the right kind of thing, I hear people talk about failing forward, whatever else, but aspiring for things that, not necessar- that don't just... Uh, uh, be these things that you want to do, but be these things that it's worth the pain. It's worth worth the discomfort to go through and figuring out what those are in your mind uh, and having that, that hard conversation with yourself of, all right, is my goal really Georgetown or is my goal really to be an entrepreneur? And then when you have that goal in front of you, yes, you're fearful. Yes, it's difficult, but it's worth it because you know that the prize on the other side is what you're really striving for. And I think that Georgetown, what for you, that was not worth it. You saw the work that it was going to take the discount that you were going to have to do that. So that's why it was easy for you to, and I say easy, it's probably wasn't that easy, but it was easier for you to say, I need to reanalyze my entire self and figure out what's important to me and then make a course correction now. Yeah. As opposed to um, just going through Georgetown and getting to the end and then realizing it wasn't what you thought it was going to be.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, you know, having clarity on your goals is a huge factor in, mm-hmm. in, in the whole thing. And, you know, I would also be lying if I said, I know what my goals are a hundred percent of the time, right? Like sometimes it took me, like to my own story. Sometimes it took me getting what I thought was my goal only to realize it's not what I wanted.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I think, you know, I think part of creating, creating goals, but I think putting in the work, like putting in the work to actually discern for yourself. Okay, great. This is my goal. Awesome. Why? Yeah. Why, why do you want that? You know, for us, it was five cities, five years, And, you know, some people, you know, in the beginning was, okay. is that just an arbitrary number? Why five? Why these cities? And for us, you know, there is there is that aspect of, you know, keeping the big picture in mind, because at least from my experience and from what I've heard from fellow entrepreneurs or professionals, the day to day can always change. But that big picture is the anchor, right, for you to really Mm -hmm. just lock down for yourself what are the actions that it's going to take to get to that big goal Um, and that big goal might shift and i think part of it too is also not it's being committed to the bigger picture but being unattached to how that comes to manifest itself Mm -hmm. because i think that's also where maybe some entrepreneurs or i know for me personally throughout my training and development as an entrepreneur being so attached to how things need to look a certain way that it almost Had me; it almost put the bigger goal at stake because I needed it to look a certain way versus keeping in mind the bigger picture and allowing for you know things to unfold in that
0: process. That's awesome! Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me and to my audience. I always like to give my guests kind of the last word, the last uh, uh, an opportunity to speak directly to the audience, and I know you get to do this a lot through in her shoes, but uh, my audience is a little different than yours. Now, granted, uh, we appeal to men and women, but uh, we're obviously the young businessmen of Tulsa podcast. So we get a lot of guys that listen to it. But what would your message be uh, to young business leaders?
1: And I would say wherever you are in your business journey, whether it's, you know, that side hustle or wanting to pivot from where you're at currently, um, really look at what is that big picture goal for yourself. And if you if you were 1% more courageous, right? Like what would that look like? And what would you have to lose really? Like it, it could seem like there's a lot at stake, but if you took the time to actually map out for yourself, what is there at stake for you? Um, I really invite you to look at that and to catalyze courage, not only for yourselves, but for this awesome community that you're a part of and to continue being 1% more courageous.
0: Awesome. Jude, thank you for taking the time to join us. Listeners, remember, choose to connect, seek development, and be inspired. We'll catch you on the next podcast. Young Businessmen, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, check out our website at www.ybtok.com or email us at ybtoklahoma at gmail.com. If you live in the Tulsa area and would like to hear one of our great speakers live at our monthly luncheon, we meet on the second Monday of every month from 12 to 1 p.m. Like us on Facebook for details about locations and upcoming speakers. Lastly, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast, where we connect, develop, and inspire young businessmen to find and pursue their purpose.